0: Hi, you're listening to the Dreamer in the Details podcast with me, Dylan Furlano. I'm an entrepreneur, photographer, and your biggest cheerleader along this journey. I'll be here with some of my favorite bloggers, influencers, business owners, and more to help you dream bigger and get all of the details on how to make those dreams come true. Think of this as your personal invitation to our group chat. We're so excited to have you. So today on the podcast, we have Jackie, Jackie is a friend of mine from college and I've gotten to watch her find her career as a school counselor and also build up her own crafting and macrame business in the process. Jackie is so funny and so honest, and she's just such a great person to have around talking about her business, talking about life, talking about the important work that she does in schools as well. So I'm so excited for you to get to hear from her. Also, you may notice I sound a little funny today. I have been battling a little bit of a cold, but Jackie and I decided to push through, and I hope you'll put up with my voice just for this time and enjoy listening to Jackie. So today on the podcast, we have Jackie. Hi, Jackie. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. So Jackie is another friend of mine from college who is doing incredible things, so she is both an educator and a small business owner, and I wanted Jackie to come on the podcast because I feel like so often we talk to people who have kind of gone all in on their business or you know that's kind of their focus, but I am so interested as to how Jackie balances the really important day job that she has along with putting a high level of importance also on her small business. So we're going to talk through all of that, have some fun, have some laughs. Jackie is a treat, and I'm just so excited to have her today. So Thank you so much for having me. I know. I'm so excited. Jackie, can you tell us both about your day job
1: and your small business? Absolutely. So during the day, I'm a high school counselor. Um, I work with students in grades 9 through 12, about 400 of them, and all of them are English language learner students. I help them with their scheduling for classes. I help them through mental health crises. I help them plan for after high school, whether that's college or career plans, help make sure they pass their classes, talk to their parents. I do lots of other small things in between that, like fix kids' glasses and crazy small stuff like that. But um, that's what I do during the day. And then I also have my own small business. I sell... Um, handmade macromade goods, and I expanded a little bit into um, screen-printed shirts and embroidered sweatshirts and hats. So um, a little bit of everything there too. So let's back it up to college for a
0: second, which is uh-huh. where you and I met, good old uh-huh. Susquehanna University. Can you tell us what you studied at SU and kind of how your academic
1: career has led up to where you are now? Absolutely. So I, um, going into college, I really wanted to be a teacher. Uh, I always kind of knew that I wanted to do something in education. And then I did an internship right before college. And I was like, Oh my God, I cannot stand in front of a classroom and talk to kids all day over and over, say the same joke four times. And went, I can't do it. And so I went in undecided. And in my first semester, I got placed into an art history class and I fell in love with it. Cause I've always kind of loved art as well. And so first semester I added an art history major. And then um, as time went on, I added a new museum study minor that the the school had come out with. And I also had enough room in my schedule to add a dual degree um, with communication studies. So I studied art history and communications with a little bit of museum studies in there. And yeah, that's pretty much my, my academic trajectory. And then after college, I did a year of service for city year Um, because I was hoping to expand some of my skills and, um, you know, learn new things about the field of education and see if it may still be the good fit for me. And I fell in love. And that's how I ended up pursuing counseling afterwards.
0: So is counseling what you did, you were in Providence, Rhode Island, Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, right? So is counseling the position you had when you were there? I know I came to visit you, but I don't don't remember all the professional stuff. (laughs) I remember the fun stuff though.
1: That's, that's what's most important. (laughs) So, um, when I was in city, when I did city year, it was a mix of different things too. So we had um, small groups of students that we focused on attendance, behavior, and leadership, and academics. So I did a little bit of counseling with the the leadership part, the behavior part, um, and the academics. But it wasn't strictly a counseling role. And then after that year, I served as a college advisor, which was kind of like a college counselor for high school students. So. That's when I kind of made the more directed transition towards counseling. And what do you think draws you to
0: counseling? Because I know I hear the stories about what you do during the day and you have such an impact on these kids, but it also tears at my heartstrings a little bit. and makes me feel like this is probably a tough gig some days. So can you tell us about kind of the good and the bad and what draws you to this role?
1: Yeah, I that's totally it, Dylan. Like, I I love my students. I all three hundred and eighty something of them. I would do anything for them. I advocate for them in lots of ways. I listen to them. I hand them tissues. I bring them food. I always have lots of stuff available for them if they need it. Um, and I just I talk to them all the time. But while that's a great privilege, it also can be kind of. Uh, like you said, a tough gig, like it can be a lot. And so there are some days where I come home and I'm like, I cannot do anything other than sit on my couch and exist. So that's the best I got. Like some of the stories that I hear from my students or some of the, the actions I have to take to um, keep them safe or um, follow, you know, mandated reporting. It's just, it can be a lot. So um, there are the good days, like the other day we had our international night and I got to see all my kids perform and it was really wholesome. I was crying because of how proud I was, but there are also days um, where I have to go to the hospital with a student or I hear a really, really um, dark and upsetting story from a student. And it just makes me so upset that such young kids have to go through these experiences.
0: Yeah, I, I know. And I really commend you and everybody who's doing this kind of work for kids in schools, you guys are on the front lines, and we're just all so grateful for that. Um, so I guess my question then is, so you have this this job, right, that is, you know, obviously so fulfilling, but can be so exhausting. And then in the middle of all that, you were like, what if I started my own business? Can you talk me through the thought process <laughs> of being like, what if I did one more thing?
1: Yeah, when you put it like that, I definitely sound crazy. <laughs> But um, I actually started the business while I was still in grad school at University of Maryland. Um, I started, I went through like a phase where every New Year's Eve, I'd teach myself a new craft because I love learning and I love crafts. And that's just who I am. And 2019 into 2020. So right before the pandemic, I was like, I'm gonna teach myself macrame. Why not? And I fell in love. It was such a fun, like hands-on art. Like I hadn't quite found my, my spot in art like i don't really i can draw i don't like it i can paint a little bit i don't like it like i can't do i hate ceramics i hate all these other things but i know i like art and macrame kind of fit exactly where i needed it to and so as i was experimenting more with it and practicing it and perfecting it people started messaging me like hey can i buy a plant hanger from you or hey can you make me this or can you make me that and i was like people want to pay for this oh my god that's amazing um, and obviously as I practiced more, I got even better at it. And I like to think I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at it, you know. Um, and as the pandemic hit, I had already started to sell some stuff on the side. And um over that summer, I really needed to make some extra money to help pay for my my tuition. So that's kind of when I started to really focus on making a business, and it was pretty easy to manage both grad school and um well, not easy, but like more manageable for grad school in the business because we were virtual still. So I could sit in meetings and trainings and class and like keep my hands busy and uh, make coasters or do whatever. um, So that I didn't, you know, I I can't sit still either. So it was like a a win-win for me. Um, But now that I'm going to work every day, um, it's a little bit harder to balance. And especially on those days where I feel exhausted, it's hard to, to get myself to be able to do uh, more, more work, <laughs> but it, it really came out of like a, a state of like financial necessity is really what it comes down to.
0: Yeah. So how did you, I guess, how do you manage that now, especially when, you know, obviously we all start our small businesses, or at least I did with this idea that, you know, it was going to be fun and I was going to get to do this thing that I loved, which I do get to do. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, people underestimate sometimes how much of owning your own business is actually doing things that are not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, all the things that are not what you thought you'd be doing, you become like your own lawyer and accountant and mm-hmm. secretary and receptionist and email answerer and organizer and you know every everything else other than whatever you started your business to do. So I'm wondering how you keep the balance and the passion of what you loved, which was macrame and crafting and keeping your hands busy and creating something with the fact that now it's become so popular, which is amazing, but mm-hmm. you have this great job now and this business that's very popular. And is it does it all seem like a lot some days?
1: Yeah, I would honestly say most days, it seems like a lot. Um, I've actually been kind of taking a little bit of a a break from my business and, um, allowing myself to have that break has been one of the the more challenging <laughs> things that I've been experiencing lately, but with how, um, busy and tiring and, you know, heavy duty workload, my, my full-time job, my counseling job has been, um, I've allowed myself to kind of take a step back from the business. Um, I also feel like because, especially after the holiday season, which is, you know, I have to produce a lot of different things. and Um, I want to make sure I'm selling stuff to make back, you know, investments I put in on materials and time and stuff like that. Um, I felt really burnt out. And so I kind of lost a little bit of that love for macrame specifically. So I've been trying to give myself a little bit of a rest, a little bit of a break and kind of regather and regroup and decide, um, a little bit more of like where I would like my, my direction to go moving forward. So I would say I'm not, I haven't found the right balance yet and I'm still working on it. Uh, Yeah. I feel like that balance is always a work in progress.
0: Do you feel like your mental health and counseling background allowed you maybe to see a little bit more clearly that you were starting to burn out? Or can you help give us some ideas or tips about what kind of gave you the notion of like, I need to take a break because I know plenty of people who Mm -hmm don't realize that they're approaching that state until they sort of crash through it. And then it's like, mm-hmm. okay, now I have to take a break because uh, like my body is, is telling me, or my mind is telling me that I have to, do you have any tips for how we can see that coming before that mm-hmm. happens?
1: I don't know. I, that's a very good point. I don't know if I have a great, a great personal tips for how to see it before it happens, because I feel like for me, it kind of hit me after the holiday season, I did so many markets, I did a lot of online sales, I did wholesale orders, it was just it was a lot. And so I thought that, oh, well, I'll just get through this month of December. And when it's done, I'll have, I'll have winter break, and I'll be able to breathe and relax. And um, I won't do many markets, you know, in the spring. And so I took winter break, and I tried to relax as best as I could. And I signed up to do like one or two markets in January. And I remember just absolutely dreading going to them. I was like, I'm so tired. I barely even have any merchandise made. I haven't made anything new. I just like, I don't even know how I'm going to get through this. And that's when I was like, okay, Jackie, it's not just like you have one week of a break and then you're automatically healed. Like you need to stop. Once I realized that I wasn't enjoying it. Um, or that I wasn't making the products with like the same enthusiasm as I had, I knew that I wasn't putting my whole effort and like my whole heart into it. And so I was like, okay, that means it's not good for me. And thankfully I'm at the point where it's not as much of a financial necessity now. So I was like, it's, it's more important for me to, to take a break and to rest. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I have any exact personal tips because I think I did kind of hit the crash before I realized, but, um, yeah
0: No, I think honestly just hearing sometimes people talk about to the dread, I feel like that is sometimes our biggest indicator of when we need to, to stop or slow down, right? because mm-hmm. if it's something that we used to love and now we're dreading it, that that can be a very clear signal of mm-hmm. something isn't right anymore. And you talked a little bit about this, but did you have any fears about taking a break? I know you said financially, thankfully it wasn't as big of a concern for you as it had been in the past, but did it feel scary to step away from something that you had worked so hard on, but to give yourself that permission?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I did something kind of similar leading up to the holiday season through maybe like um, October and beginning of November. And it was both times like then and now it's been kind of scary because i'm like what happens when i finally do start you know putting out new products or i start going to markets again is anyone going to remember me is anyone gonna want like want to buy anything or support me um will it kind of lose like the momentum that um, i had going for me and my business had um but i think ultimately just knowing that I'm doing the best that I can. And people usually respect that. And um, I know that I trust myself to be able to come back better with, you know, good ideas, good products, and just again, that like love and enthusiasm. Um, And it's better for me to put a pause on things than to kind of fall off the grid a little bit and run my business poorly, if that makes sense.
0: It totally does. I also just want to repeat something you just said. You said, I trust myself to come back better. And mm-hmm. I, I love that. I feel like that should be like all of our small business <laughs> mantra. and no, I'm not kidding. I mean, just the idea that we, we know, right? Even if you don't own a business, right? I trust myself to come back better after resting. I trust myself to come back better after knowing I made the right decision. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And mm-hmm. I think so often we don't. Trust ourselves, we assume that, like, or at least I do this. We assume we have just sort of fallen into this, like, oh, well, you know, I didn't build this. I just, I was so lucky that it it happened to happen to me. And Mm -hmm. it's like, no, we can trust ourselves that we built it and we can make decisions and we can slow down and we can speed up and we can know when those decisions are right for us. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to repeat that. And thank you for saying that. And thank you for sharing that because I know how hard it can be to take those breaks and to mm-hmm. trust ourselves speaking of trusting ourselves i'm going to pivot mm-hmm. on you just a okay. little bit <laughs> so you and i started our businesses roughly around the same time i think uh-huh. in the same arena and i've talked about this with other people too i know i had a lot of fears starting my business of you know just like nobody would buy from me people would think i didn't know anything people would talk about me behind my back and I know that you and I had a lot of conversations in the beginning about this. And I was wondering if you can reach back in your archives and think back to that time <laughs> and just talk
1: about what that was like. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely was very fearful um, of what people would think if I was starting my own business and selling my art. And, you know, like I mentioned, I've always done a little bit of art here and there, Um but I've never, I never sold it at that point. I never felt like anything I'd done was good enough to be able, like for people to want to spend money on it. Um, and so with with business, especially at the time that we started, Instagram was really big um, and TikTok was st- starting to become really big. And on my personal accounts, I had never really posted anything. Like I never posted pictures. I never posted anything on my story. I hated posting pictures of my face, anything I make, whatever, usually it's pictures of like nature or my pets or whatever. And so the idea of taking my own photographs of art I had made that I was trying to convince people to buy just felt so weird to me and foreign and uncomfortable. And I was so nervous that people from high school or people from college would like, judge me or be like, wow, can, did you see what Jackie's doing? Like, look at this ugly thing she made. Look how she's trying to sell this. Look at her in this picture. She looks so weird and dorky with that smile or whatever whatever they were going to say. And I think that there was some of that on some social media. Um, and it was kind of discouraging to see and to, to hear about. But I think at the end of the day, what always made me feel better and like feel empowered to keep making those posts, to keep making products, and to keep selling was my support system. Um, I know that sounds kind of corny, but like my parents, my sister, my close friends, they all really built me up and you know shared all my stuff over and over again and helped me increase my reach. And um, also my small business friends, they really helped connect me to different market opportunities and stuff like that. And it just building that network of support really outweighed the fear and the the, anxiety that others may have, um, influenced. Yeah. I remember us talking about that
0: back then and Mm -hmm. a a motto that I kind of live by and have always found to be true is that the people who are ahead of you with whatever your goal is. Right. So like for us, like people who own maybe more successful small businesses or whatever we are aspiring Mm -hmm. to are never the people who are making fun of you or talking mm-hmm. about you or whatever right the people who are the ones who are talking trash are the people who wish they had the guts to do whatever it mm-hmm. is i have never ever found someone that i look up to in my own field who has looked at me and men and said anything close to anything that i've heard from people who don't have the guts to try so and i remember us talking about this mm-hmm. and i just want to put that out there um for everybody who's listening that the people you admire are not the people talking trash. I promise. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I promise I guarantee it. Yeah. But I love, um, that you have your small business friends. Can you talk about how you made that network? Do you have any yeah, tips?
1: Absolutely. Um, I think in both my, my, <laughs> so you're going to laugh at this so hard. I hope, um, in my, my full-time job as a counselor and in my business, uh, role, I think my, my biggest tip is to be like pleasantly annoying as much as possible. (laughs) I love that. Yes. We are pleasantly (laughs) annoying. Yes. And so like, you know, when I would go to markets, especially when I first started out, I would introduce myself. I'd be super nerdy and be like, hi, it's so nice to meet you. I'd ask for business cards. I'd like talk to people and follow them on Instagram or whatever other social media they had on the spot. And, Would just ask about their products and ask about where they sell what markets they do and stuff like that and then i wouldn't be i i was again pleasantly annoying about messaging people and asking about different opportunities like if i saw someone post about um like a market they were doing i'd be like oh my god that'd be so cool do you know like who can i reach out to and just by conversing like that i think it really helped to build my my network, because as soon as I befriended one person, then I had, like, you know, they introduced me to these people. And then these people introduced me to those people. And it just kept growing. And I really do feel like even though on my, my break right now, I still know that I have a lot of people in my small business community, like rooting for me and there for for when I when I return as well. I, I do love that. You you nailed it. Um, <laughs> it's so true, though.
0: I feel like people assume that there's a lot of gatekeeping that goes on. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I suppose that there probably is in some circles.
1: Yeah. But yeah.
0: those aren't the circles you want to be in, right? And I mm-hmm. have found, and I think you probably have too, that those people are far outweighed by all the people who really believe that there's enough space for all of us and that community is so much more important than competition and that they want to help you and they want to put your name in the right places and they, you know, want to refer you and have your back. Mm -hmm. And totally. So I, I co-sign this like 110% (laughs) that just like being pleasantly annoying and being enthusiastic and being authentic with people
1: Mm -hmm. will help you
0: make those connections and help you build that support system that you're talking about. So Jackie, I know that you started with your macrame Uh And now you do some like graphic designing. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't really know what the right term is. I don't either. (laughs) I I know it's the most comfortable shirt that I own. And I have to like stop myself from wearing it multiple times a week. (laughs) Because that's like weird or so people tell me. Um, But your business has really pivoted since Mm -hmm. you started it. And I was wondering if you could talk us through kind of where you are now, what you're thinking about. I know you're resting, so we are respecting the rest. Thank you if you're thinking about any of that or if you're not that's fine too
1: yeah so honestly it's it's not like um like the main focus of my energy and my my thoughts right now um which i think comes along with the rest but i've been doing a lot of like you know thinking as far as where i'm pivoting next to use uh, your word dylan so um you're right i did start with, mac- with macrame and um I was getting to the point where I was making like so many coasters and so many plant hangers, my hands were starting to hurt. And it it was just it was too much of me making things um, that it, it wasn't making as much of a profit as I needed at the time. And so I was like, okay, like, what can I what can I create? that's a little bit lower energy, but I can make a bunch at once. And so like I mentioned I you know I can draw a little bit I can do like a tiny little bit of graphic design um don't quote me on that I'm not a graphic designer but um I started to make some t-shirt ideas and I know how to screen print so I was like maybe I can do that and so I experimented with uh heat transfer vinyl first and that's the the shirt that you have Dylan um and that went well and then when it got a little bit cooler I decided to or no when it started to get warmer I started making t-shirts and that those did very well last summer, but then people were like, you know, I was doing a lot of markets and vintage was coming up more, which was cool. And I love all my vintage seller friends, um, but people weren't going to pay $20 for a shirt that was handmade when they could get like a t-shirt from a vintage seller um, next door. So I had to pivot again and that's when I started doing the hats and the embroidery. Um, and so I don't know exactly where the pivot will go next, but um, I just know I'm I'm aiming to to make it something that brings me joy while also brings home bacon. <laughs> we love both of those things, right? <laughs> yeah, we
0: can't have one without the other. Are there so Jackie, as you're thinking through this next stage, what kind of questions are you asking yourself about this next phase of your business?
1: So as I go forward, I think I'm just asking myself similar questions to the ones that I had asked when, as i pivoted in the past. So what colors do I want my, my branding to be? Um, so right now they're pink, orange, and yellow, which are beautiful, but not quite my, my vibe anymore. Um, what kind of vibe do I want my, my business to give off my products to give off? What products do I want to make? Uh, what price point do I want them to be at? Who is my, my, my target audience for my products? Um, where do I want to sell them? Do I want to sell them only online on Etsy? Or do I want to make a Shopify? Do I want to um, continue on with my, my business partners and doing like wholesale orders? Just stuff like that. Speaking of Etsy,
0: the shop is closed on Etsy right now, Correct. It's technically open, but I think there's only two
1: things up in it.
0: (laughs) Okay. So now I guess would be the time. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with Etsy? I know there are probably a lot of people out there who are considering, do they sell on Etsy? Do they try to go at it on their own?
1: I feel like it's a very good stepping stone um, to start with. So at first when you're making your own listings, it can be kind of confusing and bulky and overwhelming. But after you get the hang of it, that's really easy. And then what I like about Etsy is that as you're starting up, people can just search in the the search bar and look up macrame coasters, and then yours are there. Whereas if you use Shopify or an independent website, you have to like you know, know that the person is there and go directly to them. Um, I do know there are some people that have both the Shopify and an Etsy. So they put like, here are my five listings on Etsy to kind of get the catch people's attention. And then it says, please visit my Shopify for more products. And then they list all of their products on Shopify. But I tried Shopify a little bit and it it was a little bit more confusing to me. So although Etsy does charge a lot for the fees and everything, it does keep it all organized for you, especially with tax information and stuff. Um, And it is a good way to be found and to get sales from people outside of your current network.
0: Great. Because I know a lot of people talk about Etsy versus other places. So It's great to have your perspective. I know you've been on Etsy now for a while. Mm -hmm. So thanks so much for sharing that with us. Is there anything else before we close out, any advice you would give to someone considering starting their own business?
1: Any advice? I would say, especially if you're making things to sell, make sure that you also balance things that you don't have to make yourself to help balance out the costs and the profit, because it can it can be a t- take a toll on your body and like just your overall existence if you're making every single thing that you're selling. Um, so get creative about ways that you can um, add to your profit without adding to your like physical pain. <laughs> I don't know if you want to include that. But...
0: No, we love it. We have to think about being able to scale our businesses. We cannot do everything ourselves. I totally get what you're saying. So no, I think that's great advice, especially for someone who's
1: making like a craft or a product the way you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember I had like a wholesale order for 60 coasters, 60 sets of coasters once. And I thought my hands were gonna fall off because coasters take like 45 minutes each. And so I thought I was gonna die. It took me like two months um and it really like not only does it actually cause you pain but it also kind of takes away your love and enthusiasm for it too
0: <laughs> no so yeah totally we're always thinking about scaling outsourcing delegating exactly totally no 100% jackie can you tell everybody where they can follow along with you if you'd like them to or Absolutely. find your business as we look ahead to the potential re- rebrand
1: Yes, absolutely. So mostly if I do post, it's on Instagram and my handle is at macro made by Jackie, we love puns. Um, and I also do have a TikTok. I don't really use it as much, but most of my, my updates will be on Instagram. And then my listings are always on Etsy. If you go into Etsy and you search macro made by Jackie, it will come up.
0: Perfect. And we got to give a shout out to your CEO mascot, Right hand cat, right fig. Yes, we her name is some fig. fig on
1: there.
0: What was that? I'm sorry. <laughs> I said we, we'll see her on your
1: postings too, right? Every once oh in my a while. gosh, yes, she's like my model and my coach and my biggest inspiration always. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's all of our biggest inspiration,
0: Jackie. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for sharing and being so honest. And I'm now just going to walk around like whispering to myself. I trust myself to be better and, or to come back better. And I just love you for sharing all this. And thank you so much for coming on.
1: Oh, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. You're amazing. I love you. I love you too.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the dreamer in the details. We're so happy to have you with us. You can follow along with us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and if you subscribe, you'll get all the new episodes sent directly to your feed. You can get in touch with me at Dylan in the Details on Instagram or Dylaninthhedetails.com, which is my website. I'd love to hear your feedback. And we hope to see you again next time.